Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and the producer of Konevitsia, The Well, a podcast series about interesting and noteworthy Ukrainians from around the globe. Today is Monday, January 16th, 2023. Our guest for this episode is Dmitro Belivtsov, who is a member of a project called Zvuk, dealing with air defense in Ukraine. And he is also the CTO and co-founder at a Ukrainian tech startup called MeSpeecher. This episode is produced for the Ukrainian Weekly, which has been published for the global Ukrainian community in the U.S. since 1933. Welcome, Dmitro. How are you? Hi, Michael. Good. Uh, thanks for having me. And thanks for joining us today. So before we get started talking about the Zvuk project, uh, can we talk a little bit about your educational and professional background? Yeah, I've been, uh, I guess I started my educational education from from just like electronics. And then I kind of kept switching back and forth between, uh, not back and forth, like switching around, trying different things. So I started with electronics, then I kind of changed uh, the subject after a couple of years to like low level computer engineering. And then uh, I did my master's in, in, in uh, comp- computational neuroscience, which was, which was like mostly biophysics related, you know, not so much machine like applied, mach- applied machine learning, but rather phenomenological biophysics. And I guess, yeah, the, the next thing I did was I stopped doing, doing research and, and education. And I started doing some, I, I thought it would be cool to do some programming and do some IT stuff. And then uh, after, after that, me and my friends decided to to start, like over the last five years, I've been doing um, a combination of, of machine learning and research and entrepreneurship what, by, by running this uh, Respeacher startup. So what does Respeacher do? Yeah, Respeacher is um, actually is like a tech product, an AI product that does uh, speech-to-speech voice cloning which is a technology that lets one actor speak in the voice, speak and perform in the voice of another actor, which uh, gives a lot of flexibility to movie production. Uh, and then now also to smaller content creators for things like dubbing and scaling voices and, and letting, you know, small groups of voice actors speak in multiple voices and perform and like explore their, um, their creativity. So let's talk a bit about the Zvuk project. And of course, in English, Zvuk means sound. When was it started and by whom? And is the project based only in the Lviv region in Ukraine? The, the project was started um, originally by uh, Pavlo from i3 Engineering, which is a startup, Ukrainian startup that's um, doing uh, smart, like making smart home, home solutions. Uh, so when the full invasion full-blown invasion started ever like the, there were lots of small engineering groups wanting to thinking about how they can help with you know with the to 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 the best of their knowledge and uh, so Pavlos started building these acoustic sensors because radio location or you know conventional radio location coverage was kind of insufficient initially and there were huge blind spots where we couldn't hear anything and of course, the radio location is really expensive. So we started thinking, or Pavlov's team rather, started thinking about these acoustic sensors. 
in our small subgroup of people at Respeecher, we also thought about that, but we are being more on the algorithmic side of things, having having experience with AI and sound. We thought that uh, we started working on the algorithmic algorithmic aspect of this, and then uh, at some point through the local engineering community, we kind of uh, found out about each other and uh, joined our forces so we could combine their hardware and their the part of the infrastructural software that they built with our AI algorithms. So what is the main goal of the project? The goal is super simple. It's you essentially place a, you, you build a network of um, distributed network of acoustic sensors, which are just digital ears they're like parabolic antennas that can listen into a certain sector. It's pretty sensitive to like quiet sounds and, and far sounds, far field, far field sounds. Uh, and uh, so if your network is, um, is online and something flies through the territory, like through your network, these acoustic sensors will hear the object, like uh, especially loud objects like cruise missiles and uh, these drones that don't have mufflers. Uh, and th thus, you'll be able to detect that something is flying. Uh, something is flying, and maybe uh, as an air defense unit, you should be able should be concerned and should try switching on some radio location and try to investigate closer what it is. Let's talk about AI or artificial intelligence. What role does that play in this project? So the the AI is kind of similar to what our brain is doing, and I think. Like a very good analogy is is visual AI, right? So when you look at, at a picture, at the natural picture of a like a city, and you want to spot a, I don't know, like a person, or, or not a person, you want to spot a tank, and like you look at the New York Square, uh, and then um, and then there's a, there's a, like a thousand different people, uh, hundreds of different cars. There's like road signs. There are like these advertisements, TV screens. Like there's a lot of stuff going on there. But you're still, as a human, you're able to spot like a tank there because it because it has certain features, and that's a part of machine learning that's called computer vision that is able to recognize these complex objects and tell them apart from each other and spot what you need. And like a similar thing is happening in audio domain where AI can listen to a recording that's full of lots of different objects like little flies, bees that are close by, they're very loud when they're close by, uh, birds, cars passing by, the train sounds, weather, like thunder, wind, stuff like that. And it's all very loud. And but you should be able, the AI, the goal of the AI is to filter all that out, ignore that, but um, be very attentive and be very careful about filter all it out and try to spot um, the object that's interesting, like a sound of a jet engine or a sound of a drone flying by. And that, in this in this way, if you have like hundreds of sensors, um, you can, in an automated way, can be able to detect these objects and match them together without needing humans to be constantly listening to the streams. This past weekend on uh, Saturday, January 14th, there was another major missile attack on Ukraine by Russia, and in particular on the city of Dnipro, where an apartment building was destroyed. And right now the death toll is somewhere near 40 with about 75 people wounded. Apparently, 
the air defense system that exists now was not able to detect the types of missiles that were coming in on Saturday. Now, I understand there are different flavors, for example, cruise missiles versus ballistic missiles versus some of the old Soviet-style missiles. So will the Zvuk project, once it's implemented, be able to detect all flavors of missiles, or is it something that it has to learn over time? So unfortunately, the Zvuk project uh, is has, you know, acoustic sensing has its limitations, especially when we're talking about supersonic targets. So it's it's not a silver bullet, unfortunately, so there's some kinds of um, some kinds of shells or some kinds of rockets that it's unable to detect, and even in principle, like ballistic stuff, right? It 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 is it flies. Um, it appears. It doesn't fly in a low altitude where you can kind of track it. It kind of comes from from above with a very very high speed. So even if you can hear it, it's probably of a very little help because it's already too late. So there are different kinds of um, systems, uh, air defense systems that are best suited for these sorts of uh, sorts of attacks. But um, I think so. We see this book project as a as an like auxiliary system to the existing air defense systems, which can kind of help help it uncover the blind spots and catch those things that it that it can work best with, like like slow slow flying drones and 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 cruise missiles ballistics and these supersonic air, air um, liquid liquid rocket engine kinds of missiles are, are harder we're hoping that at some point with some density of sensors we could probably detect these supersonic ones but uh we'll we'll have to see it's like pretty hard to say now in terms of drones, you just mentioned, will it detect all kinds of drones that are coming in? That's a good uh, question. I guess the louder the, the drone, the easier it is to detect it. And uh, so we have these usually like very small drones or drones that are powered by electronic, like electric engines are harder harder to spot, but also they, they don't have as much range usually. So um, I feel like we're, the drone detection could be pretty reliable with acoustics. And how is the project funded? And do you have full-time staff at this point? Uh, yeah, we do have uh, people who work full-time, like the co-founders from the 125th um, Brigade of Territorial Defense, Elbiv. So essentially, yeah, we, we do have full-time people in the project. And right now it's fun, it's been funded by um, like small donations and, uh, and, and partially like self-funded. We are now considering different ways of funding, and essentially there are three possible sources. Like one of this is is the government funding, another one is uh, funding through donations and partnerships with with funds, and the third potential stream is funding by venture capital through you know establishing like a business a business or organization and being getting funded through venture venture capital, but then in that case. The, the project will have to exist after the after the war and become like a commercial product, which is totally possible because I mean Russia is probably sticking around for a long time, and all its neighbors are going to be very interested in in getting themselves defended against against it. And what is the timeline for deploying Zvuk technology? Yeah, that's a good one. 
we're we're thinking that it should take below it should like take less than half a year um but i mean it depends on on logistics how smooth everything and how smooth everything goes and also on, on funding but we're pretty sure that if if everything goes well we should be able to cover most of the blind spots in, in the next half a year but yeah we'll see and what role has the army of ukraine played in this project do they fully support it at this point yeah army of, of ukraine is a uh, is, I mean, it's, it's always tightly, it's the end customer, it's always the end, the end customer of all sorts of volunteer projects like this. I mean, our Army of Ukraine has been giving, you know, great feedback to the, to the engineer, to the providers of engineering technology uh, and, and engineering solutions. And Zvuk, the Zvuk project is not an exception because we've been, we've received a lot of very, you know, important feedback from the Army regarding the false positive rates regarding the things that are important for them, regarding things that are not important for them and uh, what we need to pay attention to. So we're just about out of time, but I have one final question for you. What has been the greatest challenge so far in trying to get Zvuk technology out there in the field? I guess there've been a lot, there've been like a bunch of organizational obstacles for, you know, you need to get approvals and stuff from, from the locations where you want to install the, the sensors. So that's been one of the challenges. Another challenge is, of course, uh, funding, because when it's self-funded or funded by small donations, you're very limited in resources. And uh, regarding the technical challenges, it's, it just takes time to gain experience. You need to go, like, go out there, install the sensors, start listening, and uh, go through these cycles of you know realizing what goes wrong, what works, what doesn't work, and kind of keep keep improving the um, the network. And and this is something that's kind of very hard to vet it, even if you have large resources. So this is something that, that just takes time. Dimitro, thank you so much for joining us today on Kronitsia. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. It's, it's been a great experience. I've been speaking with Dimitro Belivtsov, who is a member of the Zvuk project, which is going to be a launch to help air defense systems in Ukraine detect incoming drones and missiles. And he's also the CTO and co-founder of a Ukrainian tech startup by the name of Respeecher. This episode of Krenitsia has been produced for the Ukrainian Weekly, a newspaper published in English in the U.S. for the global Ukrainian community since 1933. And I'm Mike Burek, your host and producer of Krenitsia. Until next time, that's all for now.